Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, it is uh, the final two-hour edition of Blair and Barker for this year, just before Thanksgiving, so let's not make it a turkey, Barker. Jeff Passan will join us uh, from parts unknown. I have no idea what playoff series Mr. Uh, Passan is at. And uh, Sean Casey, mm-hmm. friend of the show, mm. Yankees hitting coach, mm. joins us from Pittsburgh. Is he still the hitting coach? I mean, I think, didn't they invite him back? I have no idea. I forgot to ask. He yelled at me a couple of times. No, he so did yell at you. He, he did. Uh, I mean, he's, yeah. Sean, he's Case. He's, he's, he's the mayor. I mean, he got the mayor and Sean Casey and the mayor of Back Lake City. I mean, there's a lot of testosterone floating around. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just got to stay back. I mean, I think, yeah, we can call him the hitting coach, the New York. Sure, why not? He, he, didn't, he didn't correct us. No. No, he didn't. No. Uh, I don't know what to make of this, but the uh, Blue Jays have announced today that uh, Ross Atkins will do pardon me, his end-of-season media availability tomorrow on a Saturday at 11 a.m. Mark Shapiro will do his on Thursday, next Thursday at at some time. That that time is TBA. Um, I mean, I guess it's... It's a long weekend. There will be a lot of people that will kind of be scratching their Well, you've their done this 100 going, oh, years. Do you, you remember a GM doing it on a Saturday? <sighs> or a Sunday? Eh, I don't know. Um, Normally you yes. wouldn't pay attention to No, no, to no, that. no. I actually have because sometimes in seasons where the team isn't going to the postseason, um, I believe on a couple of occasions the general manager did his availability actually before the final game of the season. And I know that um, um, another GM, um, Perry Manassian, I think, did his end-of-season media availability two days two days before the end of the season. Uh, Wouldn't read too much into it. No. no I, what do you I, think I, you'll hear tomorrow? <sighs> My guess is we'll hear... A lot of talk about uh, we're all in this together. No, I, I don't mean I don't even know that. I think we'll hear a lot. We'll, we'll hear an analysis maybe or talk about what went wrong offensively with the team. Um, We're not talented enough. I, I would hope that uh, there's some discussion about the uh, pitching move, taking Jose Barrios out of the out of the game. You know, I, here's the thing. I. I, I I don't know. There's there's a process with this organization. I, I don't know what they're looking at. <clears throat> well, we hear that some of the coaches aren't coming back. We know Luis Rivera is retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it would stand to reason one would think that there would be some 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 coaching changes. Um, but I, you know, is this? I don't you, think they'd have to announce that tomorrow, would they? About well, no. That's what I. That's what I was going to say. That, no. that that's awfully. Yeah. You know that that's, that's quick. That's awfully quick. Um. 
in this organization does like to, and I'm not saying this is a pejorative, they, they do, they, they have a process, they like to go through things, they like to do a deep dive, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's where we are, and they're certainly not, they're maybe certainly they like not their, the organization. Maybe they like their hitting coach. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Um, you know, the thing is, it, um, I mean, there's a couple of ways to look at it. When you, when you are letting coaches go, typically you want to let them go as soon as possible to give them an opportunity to look for a job elsewhere. I mean, that's just that's a, a courtesy that is often extended. Uh, we do know that Major League Baseball has this thing about not making teams not making major announcements on days that games are being played. But I think that's only in the World Series. I think there's kind of this idea you have a news blackout surrounding the World Series so that, for example, you don't have the New York Yankees announcing that they're firing their manager before game game two of the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, I, I, I think it's kind of an unwritten thing. I mean, you can if you absolutely want to get approval from the commissioner's office. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll need to hear from Ross and then, you know, Mark's comments on 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 Thursday. Uh, I think, quite frankly, that may be the uh, the media availability a lot of people a lot of people are waiting for. But I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think, said? What do you think gets said? Yeah, I don't think I don't. I think, I think it's a be, season. I think it's a season review. Th- there'll be questions about why'd you do it and and how do you make it better and. You know, Ross is there. That obviously means, as of right now, he's still the GM. So, I don't think he's going to fire himself, is he? No, and, only, and only, I, only Buck Showalter gets to do that. And, and again, I, John Snyder. Look, I, I would, I would assume that we'll we'll have clarity on that tomorrow at eleven o'clock. I'm sure you want to get that out of the way, one way or the other. No, um, on, on the decision. I mean, there's Sur- a couple surrounding of, that. There's a couple Me, of, I don't think it is a decision. There's a couple, but. Of, there's a couple of things interesting about this. One, um, it says uh, Rogers Center will not be available for stand-ups after the. I don't I have no idea what that means. If that means you can't um, ask questions, I, I have. I have. He's no talking idea. only. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's. Um, I mean, one of the things you know Ross Ross did last year that I really liked is. He did an end of season media availability, and then there was a sit down, which was uh, sort of, which was semi off the record, um, which is quite frankly, you know, in that situation, I think a lot of us came away with with more than we may have actually received in the um, uh, in in the formal session. But I, I mean, look, I, I don't, I, I, I don't know, I. I as I said, I'm used to this organization being very deliberate when it comes to personnel moves. And on a human level, I like the fact that they don't react right away. Um, to me, that's a, that's a decent thing to do. Mm. Uh, but at the same time, as I said, if you're, gonna, if you're going to move on from somebody, you let them know. Let them know uh, and give them enough runway that they, that they can look elsewhere. I, I just don't know because I, I this is different to me than look when when John Gibbons was was fired we all knew I mean Gibby knew he was gone Gibby was telling people he was knew it was going to happen uh, same thing really with 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 Charlie Montoyo it was a sense with Charlie Montoyo that it was just going to be it was just a matter of when 
this is different because this is uh, unlike Charlie Montoyo. If Schneider's an organizational guy, his ties to this organization run deep. He wasn't a surprise candidate for the job. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if you ask me, I, you know, now that I've had some time to, to think about it, I, 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 I need to know more about the process before I decide, you know, where the, where the blame lies. Um, they don't have to. They don't have enough talent offensively. That, yeah, that's and, the blame. And, and I don't. Who's to blame for that? You know, at this point, I think I, I don't like the idea of giving you know serving somebody's head in a platter to keep keep to keep fans to keep fans happy. I, I think you need to. What you need to do is you need to show people that you recognize things didn't work out this year. I personally think you need to explain what happened in that game, but that's just me. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, I, that's mm. just me. Yeah, um, it, that may not happen. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then you move on. It's a big decision that they made that didn't work out. In the meantime, and, and I think the other thing before I move on from that, the, it, it's pretty clear from player comments that the, the players have some questions or some concerns about how that situation developed. I would be frankly more concerned about them. Because those are the dudes, I always tell people, the end of the day, it's the players that save your ass. I mean, it is. Yeah, they talk to free agents too, right? Yeah. Free agents call the best players on the team and ask, hey, how's it going? Yeah. What do you think of the locker room? How's the information being given? How do you like the information? Who gives it? Are they good at it? Do you like the coaches? Like all those things yeah, that we, would go into we did an interview being with, a free agent. I mentioned we did an interview with Sean Casey a little earlier, and we talked in detail about Sean Casey's experience with the Yankees this year and about – analytics and analytics being used uh by a team and what it, what it involves and it was, he had some pretty candid he had some pretty candid comments about it um it is know. amazing though that you hear communication a lot when it comes to that part of it relaying the message who does it and how good are they at, at doing it and is it the coaches doing it that's the thing right is again the information i'm sure is Good for everybody. I like everybody wants as much information as they can possibly get to make them the best player they can be because that will benefit everybody. But it's just what if the communication factor is really not good and the player you're trying to give it to looks at you like you got three heads. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so that'll be, uh, you know, obviously something to keep an eye on tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, tomorrow, the uh, division series get going with the uh, Braves taking on, pardon me, the Braves taking on the Phillies in a rematch of last year, the Orioles uh, taking on the uh, Rangers, Rangers, the Astros taking on the Twins, and uh, the Dodgers and Diamondbacks. Uh, I think in particular that, 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 Phillies, that Phillies Braves series it, there's so many storylines to that series. You know, people forget that Ronald Acuna Jr., who had a terrific year, people forget that he didn't play the year the the year the uh, he didn't play in the postseason the year the Braves won the World Series. So yes, he got a ring, but if you remember, he tore his knee ligament and he wasn't available in that series. Mm. Uh, of course, the Phillies eliminated the Braves last year. I mean, there's a lot going on, a lot of storylines. Carlos Correa. This one kind of fascinates me. Carlos Correa going back to Houston. And the the guy who replaced him 
Jeremy Pena was a MVP last year, and mm-hmm. so there, there's there's a lot of intriguing storylines. Yeah, I, I I think the baseballs I think the baseballs going to be uh, going to be really good. Yeah, I do too. I, I I just wonder about the six full days off with the with the Orioles, the Braves, the Astros, and the Dodgers. That's a long time. How how does that going to affect? You know, the Braves' best part of their game is their offense. Mm-hmm. The Astros, sort of the same kind of thing. They got some questions other than the big two in the rotation. Their bullpen's rocky. They're going to the, have to score a bunch of runs. And the What's Braves, that going to do to that? They're the, experienced teams, but yeah. six full days, six full days. Well, and the Braves' pitching is is really a mess. Other than Spencer Stride, you've got Max Fried with the blister. Charlie Morton's not available for the series. Uh, Kyle Wright will be in the bullpen. You, they, you may have Bryce Elder. Um, it, that, that series, like I got the Braves winning that series three to two, but that, that's going to be, that's going to be, I, I think the marquee series to watch. I think that's going to be the marquee series to watch. Yeah. And I want to see if the twins are any good. I mean, it's, it's one thing beating the blue Jays. who can't score a run. It's another thing, beat the Astros who score a bunch of runs and they're going to try and do it on the road. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out if they got good enough pitching to do that. Now, I got to say this. We'll see. I, I'm sure Royce Lewis is probably taking a peek at the Crawford boxes. And yeah, I go Ooh. fastball away on him. I think if one thing that the Astros can take away from the Blue Jays is the home runs that they gave up, they made an adjustment and started mm-hmm. attacking away. That's with secondary stuff. You can spin it, start it out or third, have it go off the plate. He will chase that. He don't seem to like the fastball away, which is what Gossman was trying to do. He yeah. just missed. I told you this, that finish, right? I've been saying that uh, about the last 10 starts of his season is it's the finish. You start seeing the heater running, and you can't locate it and have it go where you want it to go. It ends up down the middle, and a good hitter like Royce uh, will make you pay for that. So, yeah, I think that's that's intriguing. And You know, I you you talked you talked about the, the sixth day. Um, or the six days off. I wonder if it's harder for a team like the Orioles, who haven't been there yeah, before, young, yeah. or you know, a, a team Maybe like the Braves, who've probably uh, they've had to deal with this in the past. Yeah, I'm think, sure they figured out. I how. think the Braves are expected to win the World Series easy. Yeah, everybody you talk to seems to be picking them, and it's other than the Philly series. Should they should roll right through this thing? That's a lot of expectations. I mean, the Phillies got good pitching. Yeah, you know, other than the first day, they're going to Ranger Suarez is. Uh, uh, yeah, he's left-handed. I mean, that could mm-hmm. that could be hard on some lefties that the Braves have. I it's, I I think that's the one thing for me. But again, six days as a hitter, a lot of the times when you haven't played and and you know the heart rate goes up, you get jumpy, like you want to go out and get the baseball instead of that phone booth thing. The phone booth thing's a big deal. A lot of good things happen when. Everything's happening because you're more balanced, you're strong, you have tremendous amount of leverage in the phone booth. Once you start getting out there, you have the bent front knee, you hit weak ground balls, you swing through stuff, you swing at things you normally don't swing at. So that's intriguing with the with the other teams. I don't think the Orioles know any better. And maybe they don't even care. Like they they just seem like every time we're doubting them, they go out and win the close games. They're really good at coming. Uh, you know, overcoming deficits. So all these games I think are going to be really good other than the Diamondbacks. I, I don't know what the Diamondbacks have to offer the Dodgers. I just, I mean, I know the Dodgers rotations 
you really don't know what you're going to get from that. And it's, it's a lot about the long relief and boy, that just screams, that just screams khakis all over the place. It's funny. It's when when you're going and how much you're going and who you're going to, when you're going to them, like it's Dodgers going to be working overtime. Oh, it's funny. You mentioned that because if you look at the Dodgers rotation, you know, you're going to get Clayton Kershaw in the first game. He, I don't know if he's pitched into the sixth inning since coming off the IL You've got uh, Bobby Miller going in game two, who's got elite stuff. He's one of their top prospects as a rookie. Uh, he's a guy who started the year in the IL with shoulder sh- surgery. And then after that, you got Lance Lynn and the 44 homers allowed. And or you start, you know, you're, you're going to see an opener. You're going to see mixing and matching. You know, the, the, to, to me, the guys to keep an eye on for the Dodgers are guys like uh, uh, Bruce. Uh, Bruzdar Gratterall, Bruzdar Bruzdar Gratterall in the in the middle of the in the middle of the bullpen. Um, the Dodgers bullpen was really good in the second half of the season, like shaved two two uh, two runs off its ERA. I, I kind of disagree with you though. I, I think the Diamondbacks can be a handful for the Dodgers. Um, you know, the Dodgers have got the two dudes at the top of the order who are tremendous. But you know, Mookie Betts, Mookie Betts didn't have a great postseason last year. He didn't have a great postseason last year. He's had four home runs, I think, in 55 career postseason games, two of them in one series when he won the MVP award. Like, I hear you, and I, I would, you'd have to pick the Dodgers. I think the Diamondbacks are, I think the Diamondbacks are going to be a tougher out than people think. Yeah, maybe. They got nothing to lose. I they, mean, they're, they're, they're facing the they're Dodgers. They're with they're house money. Yeah, they're expected to lose. A lot of the times it's free and easy. You don't worry about failing as much as you would if expectations were as high as, say, the, the Braves or maybe the, you could yeah. throw the Astros in there. So, yeah, it's I'm not sure that's the first series that I would want to watch. I mean, I'll be tuning in because I'm a huge baseball fan and, and I want to see I the kinda, I, athleticism and, and people running all over the place, which is kind of nice to watch the Diamondbacks. But I'll be watching the Orioles. Too. I, I do want to see Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson that get their first exposure. Yeah. To the postseason. I want to see really how they do. handle the back end of the bullpen. That That's matching up this time of the year against good lineups is hard to do. I mean, I asked, I, the Blue Jays were going to try and do it yep. for whatever reason. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that, right? It makes it tougher on managers to not go, I got the ninth inning guy. Well, I don't anymore. Now I need to match up the ninth inning. I need to match up the eighth inning. I need to match up the seventh inning. So now you've got multiple choices for three innings. It's like six dudes. Yeah. You can screw that up. And, <laughs> like, and, and, and the, yeah. you know, the thing that, that Brandon Hyde has to work with as well is, you know, the fact his starting rotation is pretty right-handed heavy. And, uh, you know, they've got, they've got some left-handers in the bullpen. But, yeah, they don't have the big guy at the back end. They don't have Felix Bautista. No. And, um you know, the, it, it's. I was going to say the easiest thing to do would be to jump out to a big lead, but you know, Texas hits, man. Yeah, I think the. I, I think Major League Baseball hit a homer. All the teams I think should be in this round are in it. Are in it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, I almost it's, no. It's hard. That. It's hard to. Argue, it's hard to argue. It's hard to argue against I, it. I almost hate to say that, but it's hard the to Blue Jays, it. the way they hit, would have been a tough watch with against the Astros. I mean, I hate to say it that way because of the way they pitch and the way they play defense. And and they're just it, – offensively, it's a tough watch. Like, it just – you're relying on a bunch of dudes against really good pitching that, you know, yeah, look the way it looks against the Twins. So, I think, I think right now this is the teams that should be in it, that are in it. And if you're a baseball fan, 
you should be happy to to watch these games and see, you know, how, how each team goes about doing certain things. And does it look sort of like the Blue Jays, right? In big moments, are are they overthinking it? Like, are they doing things that are outside the box and you wouldn't really think they they would either supposed to be doing or should be doing? So which, that's the intriguing part of it is how do they attack which team every do you situation? Think, which team do you think had the best starting rotation ERA in September? Uh, uh, Orioles. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle Bradish and 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 Grayson Rodriguez will. Be, I mean, look, there's a lot of star power with that team. A lot of good young star. John, power. John Mays Grayson Rodriguez have, in that second game. John Mays too will will be a factor. He will be doing a factor. something. He will be a factor. Throws really hard. Yeah, he's fresh. Yep. You know, and and sort of got something to prove. Which this time of the year, you're trying to prove something. You know, the the le- extra little gear. It's like Jordan Romano. You know, you noticed ever since they dropped him in the eight and the seven, going harder. Yep. Why? That's all it took. That's a little odd, right? It's it's every once in a while you're gonna need to be slapped in the face, not literally, but there's a reason why they they think they have to take you out of the the ninth inning and put you in another inning. So it's just and in, in, it's intriguing to watch certain individuals when you throw them in certain spots that they're not used to being in, how they're going to handle it. And this is sort of the cool thing is you got Hall of Famers in these things. you got elite offensive left-handed hitters in these things. you got Hall of Fame pitchers in this in these games. Like, you got a lot of everything going on in these games, which is kind of cool for, for baseball. And it'll be intriguing to see how the older guys will handle the pitch timer. I think that'll, like the Kershaw's and the Verlanders. You think that'll no, come I back? I don't, but I think it will add a little different element to it. Like, how do they slow oh, it down? How do they yeah. use it I to their advantage? Mean. Like, they can. Yeah. They, they got to, it's, you know, you can use it against a young hitter if you had to in a big moment that, you know, you could probably rush him a little or we you saw could a couple slow of, him down a little bit. We make saw him a couple of violations there. in that the Minnesota-Toronto series, too, with the pitcher, which really kind of kind of surprised me. I, it's a, it is a great point. I, I, I think you're going to see, you're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of veteran pitchers try to use that pitch timer against some of the younger guys, you know, and I, I look at the series in particular, a couple of series in, in, in particular, mm-hmm. when it comes to that, I think you're absolutely right. You can see the Dodgers doing that. Yeah. You can see Clayton Kershaw, you know, fooling and around you with did those hear, guys. And you did hear the Braves sort of say, <clears throat> we got a couple of horses that we're going to lean on. We'll let them. We'll sort of try and get out of their way, which is sort of funny to hear that the best team in baseball knows what they got. Just sometimes, occasionally, not all the time, because sometimes you have to do what you have to do. But a lot of the times you sort of lean on what got you there. Yeah. Right. And you sort of try and stay out of the way. And it just it's it'll be intriguing to see if they will actually do it. Because you got all these weapons, you got all this information. You're trying to obviously plan all these games out 12 hours before the game mm-hmm. starts. Can you actually take the information, know what you want to do when you want to do it, and actually see it plan and, out? And can you actually tell yourself to stay out of it? And there's the other old yeah. story too: is teams that have kind of been biding their time for the last month. Teams like I mean, went Atlanta clinched I think on September 13th. Um, you know, the twins, I mean, when don't you clinch in the central, you know what I'm saying? But teams like Texas, uh, teams like Houston teams that really kind of had to, had to fight down the stretch to get in a team like Arizona. I, I, I wondered how much of what we saw at a Texas against Tampa was the fact that they just, it was a whirlwind, right? Yeah. I mean, they clinched a playoff spot. 
Then they pissed away the division. Then they went right into into Tampa. And everybody always talks about how the postseason is can be a reset. I almost thought it was a reset for Texas. All of a sudden, the bullpen, no drama for two. Now, granted, small sample size. There was no drama from Chapman and Leclerc. Nathan Uvalde, Jordan Montgomery. It's almost like well, the they switch went Well, they were blowouts, too. It'd be interesting to see, too, the Astros, how hard they had to work to win their division. Mm-hmm. And then the time off. So you sort of get on this mental high of well, that's what I mean. every and then single now it's pitch shut and down. Then, all of a sudden. Yeah, how do you how do you come back? How do you get the fire in your belly again? Obviously, they've won a World Series, yeah. but I just that's hard, right? It's and, hard to get the body geared up again and sort of you know just take I guess kind of what they give you when they give it to you. I don't think that's the easiest no, and, thing to do sometimes. And I, and I think the the really to me the thing that really separates the Astros from everybody else. Maybe with the exception of the Phillies because Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola have been there and Ranger Suarez has been there. But I just think Houston with with Verlander, Framber Valdez, and Christian Javier, who is a beast in the postseason. I think they're balanced. Yeah. That 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 for me is the one thing is is when sometimes you see the opposing manager screw something up. It's because they overthink it ahead of time, right? It's trying to turn lefties into righties. Well, how do you do that when you have elite offensive players who are right-handed and left-handed, and you know that they're not going to that manager's not going to do anything yep. to his lineup? So, sort of, how do you overthink it? How do you match up against that? And again, that puts a lot of pressure on guys in the pen to make quality pitches and not, you know, just be a thrower, be a pitcher. Sometimes, which is not the easiest thing to do coming out of a pen, especially when the heart rate goes up. That heart rate thing, yeah, it's a, a, real it's a big deal. It's a real it's a big deal. deal. You got to uh, know how to do it. Here are the start times tomorrow: one o three p.m. Eastern. All these games will be on Sportsnet. Texas and Baltimore from Camden Yards, four forty-five p.m. Eastern. Minnesota and Houston from Minute Maid, uh, six o seven Eastern. The Phillies against the Braves from Truist Park, and nine twenty Eastern. The Diamondbacks against the Dodgers from Dodger Stadium. And uh, remember, it is a best-of-five series, so it's 2-2-1 two, two, is the split. When you go to the World Series, it's 2-3-2. Two, two. So this is two games, the Dodger Stadium, for example, two games in Arizona, a fifth game if ne- necessary, back at uh, back at Dodger Stadium. Um, we are going to take a break. We've got a busy day ahead. We, as we said, this is our final two-hour show uh, of the year, effective Tuesday, we will move 11 to noon on Sportsnet as uh, we turn it over to uh, the basketball dudes and, and the puckheads. And, um, of course, we'll be doing a podcast, a weekly podcast throughout the year. Again, that'll start on Tuesday because we are going to take Monday off for Thanksgiving. Sean Casey joins us. Dan Shulman, Jeff Passan, big show ahead. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, and Sportsnet. Good start. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Blair and Barker, the uh, final two-hour show, 2023. Seems like it's gone by really fast, hasn't it? Yeah, too fast. 
I'll second that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Schulman joins us at the top of the hour. Jeff Passan, uh, who is going to be covering the um, Twin Series for uh, ESPN, will join us uh, for his regular Friday hit. Passan, by the way, has got a uh, got a very cool breakdown of the postseason series uh, on ESPN <clears throat> and uh, interesting, interesting kind of, kind of a semi-analytical look at, uh, at the world's at, at, at the postseason. But uh, he ranks all eight remaining playoff teams in eight make or break categories. It's, 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 it's quite intriguing, um, you know, ability to make contact. And that's, it's, it's a lot of fun and because Passon wrote it, it's really well written too. Mm. So, uh, that's on, on ESPN. We'll talk to him about that. As I mentioned, Dan Schulman joins us as well. We had a chance a little earlier this day, uh, today, to talk to Sean Casey, MLB network analyst, longtime major leaguer, a man who managed to survive being a teammate of Kevin Barker's to go on and have a very successful career on the field. Never my teammate. He wasn't your teammate. I thought he was your teammate with no, the Reds. He, he was a Richmond spider. No, he was a spider. I was a hokey. Well, how the hell uh, do you guys I, know each other? Well, so I, you listen, I hit singles when I was in college. I would get on first base, and we talk, and he's the mayor, and the love so affair it. started. And and it is, and it is it, quite it, a love it, affair. It absolutely is, and I've known him ever since. Okay. I've never been on the I same team he with him. The, the same team. It's more him. fun when you're not on the same team. Actually, with him. that's true. He liked to talk. That's and, true. Every, and occasionally throughout a marathon of a season, that would wear on you. So it's just it's better if you get it from afar. Yes, that's so you that's can walk to true. your own clubhouse. That's very true. <laughs> so, you know, that's why we've stayed. That's very true, brothers, and and you know, that's what people he's always. The, he's people, the best human alive. People always used to say that about Wayne Kirby, the Baltimore Orioles' first base coach. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I remember Lyle Over, Lyle Overbay would a, after a game, if you would talk to Lyle Overbay, at at some point, he'd just go, "Man, that guy wears me out." Like Wayne Wayne Kirby would be Boy. would be the whole time. Yeah. First base, First base coaches are generally chatty, are they not? Well, you can tell them to shut up. Like I, you can. Like you can say, "Dude, enough." Like, yeah. Can you talk to somebody else? Like you could say, you could say that. I mean, it's not, <laughs> and they'll laugh at you, thinking you're you're joking when really you're not joking. So you'd say it's about the presentation, you know, Jeff. You got to be <laughs> real good at presenting your argument yeah. in a way which you are that they you think. Are. You know, you're kidding when really you're you're wishing that they would go play in traffic yeah. and be quiet. As Paul Quantrill, <laughs> Paul Quantrill said that one of the first things he had to teach his son Cal was, as he described it, the fine art of telling people to go bleep themselves. Oh, boy. I'd never learned how to do that. Yeah, I didn't. It is an art. Yeah. Um, I'll give you a lesson sometime. Uh, Anyhow, Sean Casey was not a, they're nodding in there. Sean Casey was not a teammate of Kevin Barker. So it's no surprise that he's gone on to be a successful broadcaster. See, I can, I can. Pull it out of my, you know, it's no surprise that he's gone on to be a successful broadcaster. Uh, I think we're still calling him hitting coach with the New York Yankees. I mean, I, I, I did when we talked. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say, uh, I'm not a hitting coach anymore. Nope. Always fun to check in with Sean Casey. We talked to him today about the influence of analytics in the game as someone who spent a month or so in the New York Been Yankees the dugout. And a great, great conversation he and Kevin had about Hitting in the postseason because the dude did hit four ten in the postseason. Yeah. About hitting in the postseason and how you stay sharp when you're coming off an off day. So we hope you enjoy it. Ah, we know you'll enjoy it. Sean Casey joins us next.
Very pleased to be joined now by Sean Casey, New York Yankees hitting coach and MLB Network analyst. Sean, thank you so much for joining Blair and Barker. We always look forward to having you on. I'm going to... I'm going to lob an easy question at you right away because you're probably aware of what went on in the Blue Jays series against the Minnesota Twins with the pitching decision. Now, I'm not going to ask you for any state secrets, but now that you're on a coaching staff, do we make too much of how much involvement there is from analytical folks in decision making? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, I think things are just, I think the analytics, listen, I think there's such a balance here that when I look at it, the managers of the big league in the big leagues now, like especially a guy like John Schneider, you know, you, you have to take everything into account nowadays, especially analytically, because there is so much good information. That one thing I realized being the head coach of the Yankees, like, there is a lot of great information that you have to take. I also think there's a human element here that you, you know, you have to take into account too. So, you know, when, when Schneider took out Barrios, you know, in game two, you know, I'm sure it was scripted the way it was. And I bet, I bet you there was so many guys involved in that script that, you know, you, you at, at some point you got, you, you know, maybe Schneider felt like I gotta, I gotta be a good team player here. And, this is what it looks like, and this is the game plan for game two, and I'm going to go with it. Yeah, everybody says, well, why didn't he just man up and not make the move? <laughs> and my argument is, my guess is he likes his freaking job. <laughs> exactly. No, seriously. But I see that's the thing nowadays is, listen, you know, when you're going out there, you're like, do I go on a gut feeling here and lose my job? Or do I, do I stay with the script and it works out? And we keep all keep rolling together. So it's like you're stuck between a rock. You know, it's not an easy place to be. And I, like I said, if you have all those analytics and it becomes, you know, going by the script, well, you're going to see more often than not managers, you know, kind of kind of go that way. Now, Case, the, the Dodgers, the Astros, and the Braves are all veteran teams. The Orioles are not. They all have had six days between live action, right? It's, it's different between live action and facing a guy that's, you know, trying to lob it in there and telling you what's coming. If you're the hitting coach, say of, I just throw a couple teams, say the young team in the Orioles and say the veteran team of the Braves and knowing that they've had six days between live action is the conversation you as a hitting coach different with the inexperienced team than it would be with the veteran team. I think so, Bark. You know what I mean? I, you know, you, you've been there where, as a young kid, sometimes, you know, and I think obviously those guys have a year under their belt, So, and but you know, some of them have half a year. They definitely have some experience. But come season time, you know, I've played in the regular season and the postseason. The post, the adrenaline's different. The atmosphere is different. The energy's heightened. So I think if I'm a hitting coach, especially with a team like the O's, I'm saying, hey guys, let, we have to make sure that we're breathing good. Make sure that we're we're aware of what our where our heart rate is. Is it you know? Because I think to hit just in the regular season, you got to have a slow heart rate. Heart rate, let alone in the in the um, postseason. So that would be the conversation I have. Is like, hey, let's not get caught up in the atmosphere. You know, let's make sure that that we keep doing what we've been doing. 
and let's make sure we we, we, play, we play this game slow. Now, that can't be all it was, right? Mm-hmm. You, you hit 4-10 in the playoffs. I think you were like 16 for 38 or something. You even like went back Lake City a couple of times. I mean, I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> I, I, do, I do have to ask, how, how is it that you can go – from the regular season and into the playoffs, knowing in the playoffs that because the other teams are in the playoffs, obviously they have really good, if not elite pitching. It just can't be slow the heart rate down. Like that that can't be it because you always hear pitching or pitchers say and pitching coaches, get me with your best stuff, right? You don't always have to attack their weakness. Throw your best stuff. As a hitter, how do you do that? Like how do you hit 410 in the playoffs? Well, I think one of the biggest things is, Mark, you, 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 you know, you know, and I know when the great hitters, I, I feel like when you're facing great pitching, you're, you're strike to ball. You have to be able to see the ball long enough because these guys in the big league, especially in the postseason, are shaping that pitch to look like a strike and then it's a ball. You can't be rushing these guys. You can't be out there trying to go get these guys because the stuff, the movement nowadays, the late movement, uh, you know, even on a pitch that's 98, 99, it's got a little tilt on it or a little rise. You know, you got to make sure that you're seeing the ball late, making good decisions, you're hunting the fastball, and that you're ready to go in your zone. Usually, I like to say, out over the plate and up, that you can hunt and, and, and get a good pitch to hit to do something with. Because when you're facing the best pitchers in the world in the postseason, you may not get one pitch to hit. And if you do, you better be ready for it. Case, one of the things we saw with the uh, with the Blue Jays this year, something Kevin talked about a great deal, was an inability to handle high velocity and an inability to handle fastballs at the top of the zone. Now, a lot of these guys, you know, it's not like they're 19, 20-year-old kids. I mean, Bo, Vladdy, some of yeah. these guys have been around for a while. Can you learn how to do that like halfway through a career or five or six years into your career, can you go home and say, I'm going to learn how to handle the high fastball, or is it just something you, you know, you, you develop naturally? I think Mike Trout did it. You know, I think there were, there were years that, you know, Trout's weakness was, you know, that, that the upper, upper part of that strike zone, you know, the upper rail where they're like, Hey, if you want to get Trout out, you know, get him on the upper rail. And then next thing you know, Trout's hitting a lot of high T work. He's doing a lot of high flip work. He's doing a lot of high BP work, trying to get on top of that ball. I think he really learned to do it. So I think if you have the eye-hand coordination, you know, and you're a big league player, you can learn to start, you know, setting your sights a little higher. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I used to feel like if I couldn't get, if I was, if I couldn't get on top of the ball, you know, I got to set my sights a little higher. You know, if I'm swinging at the ball, it's down. I got to get my sights up. And if I'm too, too high on that ball, I got to get my sights down. So I think it's more of a visual thing than it is a swing thing. Case, what if you've had a, a down season when you're used to having really good seasons, you've had a down season, and going into the off season, you're thinking to yourself, okay, I've, had, I've sort of had the same mechanical swing since I was a kid, right? It was wherever you're starting your hands, you're probably, that's where your hands are at in the big leagues. How hard is it, if you even can, in an off season after you've had a down season, going into that off season thinking to yourself, okay, I got to eliminate something. They throw too hard. There's not a fastball count anymore. I got to do something that's repeatable. Is that hard for a guy that's had – forget about him having 10 years. You know, it's like Vladdy a little bit. I'll I'll quote this to Vladdy. Had the MVP almost season a couple years ago. Since then, hasn't – 
been that MVP guy. He's been a little all over the map. I think one of the reasons is too many parts. Like, it's just impossible to repeat that all the time. That tough to go home and say, yeah, you know, I'll keep my lower half, but my upper half, I got to make some changes. Oh, wow, Bark. You know, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think there there is a time at some point where you're like, man, that that, that same approach isn't, isn't working for me. You know, maybe there's just some slight adjustments. I also think when you get to this level, the adjustments aren't, I'm going to start, I'm going to start, uh, you know, backlegging things or like, you know, getting lower in my lower half or I'm going to put my hands in a different spot. You know, I, I, I think sometimes the adjustment is what kind of pitches are you swinging at? You know, are you, are you, are you, like you talked about fastball counts. I mean, nowadays in the big leagues, guys are throwing less, fa- you're, you're getting 42% guys are throwing sliders and cutters. This guy throws a 42% time cutters and sliders. And so, you know, I think sometimes it's it's more maybe in a process adjustment at times if it's not if it's not an overhaul swing adjustment. Okay, tell me the truth. Do do since you've been a hitting coach and you're you know in this with the New York Yankees, do you guys guess a lot more than you did when you were a hitter? Well, you know what? I think guys I think guys do guess a little more. I do I really do believe that. Like I you know, I still think the best pitch to work off of is the fastball. Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes with the information of the percentages of, hey, this guy 3-2 is going to throw you a throw you, uh, 12-6 curveball. Or, hey, this guy 2-0, 70% of the time throws that cutter away. I think guys, more more guys, I'm not saying all guys, more guys nowadays are playing the percentages and maybe, you know, guessing, you know, taking a shot, uh, you know, at a pitch like that. And I think as a hitting coach, Hey, listen, early on in the count, maybe that first pitch, this guy throws you know, a, a, a ton of curveballs, get me over. Hey, man, be ready. You know, look for that curveball early in the count. But I also think there's still gold about looking for the heater because if I'm looking for the fastball, whether it's a cutter or whatever, or two-seamer, I can still react to the other stuff. The slider shows up. The curveball shows up. The changeup. So guys are definitely guessing more nowadays, Bark. Mm-hmm. But I still think hunting a fastball is the way to go. Okay, you've been on a plane. You've been in a batting cage. You've you've obviously been in the dugout when Aaron Judge is at the plate. Why is he so good? Man, I tell you what. When you get a, sh- a chance to watch Aaron Judge every day and to see him work the way I see him work, I, w- I was like, this guy's one of the best hitters I've ever seen. Aaron Judge, if you get a chance to, to, to watch this guy, and he hit one. He hit one off Barrios the other day, you know, into right field, I think into the bullpen of the, of the Blue Jays at 112. You know, it, it, the first at bat, it, the ball, Barrios got him on a call off the plate. And I think, I can't remember who the home plate up was. I think it might have been two balls off. And, 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 and he was like, you know what, I'm going to go up there and hunt that pitch middle, middle away. And he did a first pitch, hammered one to right. He is so good, Bark. He, he is elite, elite at letting the ball get just deeper than everybody else. He lets the ball, his, his bad pass, he's in there so long, he lets the ball travel better than anybody else, and that's what he himself. i got to make good decisions, swing at good pitches, and if I can back the ball up, I can be one of the best in the game. That's why I truly think he's one of the best in the game. He does, does that at, a, at an elite level. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins the World Series? Uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to go with uh, Johnny Obvious here and say the Braves. Mm. You don't think the six days think, off will hurt anything because it's offense, right? That's they sort of smother you when it comes to that. Offensively, the six days you don't think it's going to bother them. Uh, I, you know what? And I've been there before when the World Series we had six, seven days off, and it bothered us big time. Now, 
I think game one, you might see game one, uh, you know, especially with the Phillies being hot the way they are and playing all the way through the wild card, you might see game one go to the Phillies, and maybe that might be a reason. Maybe they're, you know, just kind of getting things together. But I got a feeling that, you know, if it's that first time around the order, the second time they'll be ready to go. And the team's just so loaded. I just have a feeling that uh, they'll be ready. Hey, last question before you let you run, and this gets back to something Barker asked you. Okay, you now you've been you've 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 been a coach. Uh, is there anything, I'm not going to ask you if there's anything you learned from it, but is there anything maybe you understand a little more now about the game and about coaching than you did before? I mean, there's just, uh, one thing I understand now is there's more cooks in the kitchen. I think, I think maybe, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of analytics. There's, you know, there's a lot of things to digest. There's just more that goes into the game. And, and also too, not to be like one of the, uh, oh, this guy's old school, this guy's analytics. I don't believe in that either. I think at the end of the day, you got everyone's, there's enough to go around. Everything needs to be worked in. But also, too, I think this is a very complicated game initially and has to be played in a simple way mentally. So if you complicate it more and you don't know how to deliver the numbers to players, this, this game can get tough. So I believe the best teams out there take all the numbers all the analytics they find what works what's the process and then they deliver it to the players in the simplest way to say this is the information we think is going to be best for you so the game has changed a lot and i think it's changed for the better but i also think that we also still need to know it's played by human beings and that if, the more we can simplify it the better Sean, really good of you to join us today, man. Uh, belated congratulations on the gig. We uh, we hope you have a great off season, travel safely, and we look forward to uh, hearing your work in the MLB Network as well. Yeah, as you're always. the best, buddy. You got. You guys are the best. And Bark, if you ever big league me again when I come down, don't come down there. I'm there for three freaking days with the Yankees. I'm like, I'm seeing Hazel every day. I'm like, how's Bark doing? You know, he's like, oh, he's up doing his radio show. Is he gonna come down and say hi? He's like, oh, he's gonna be down tomorrow. You never came. So you ever big league me again, Bark? I'm gonna find you in the offseason, bro. Well, yeah, so, some some of us can't lollygag for three days. Some of us gotta work. Okay. <laughs> There you go. That was Sean Casey. You never want a lollygag. You know what they call you if you lollygag, right? A lollygag. They call you a lollygag. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly right. He's something else, man. Uh, it's crazy. He's something else. It is. Well, our uh, producer, Mark Boffle, is a little under the weather today. Right. You get to do this. Well, no. We're going to bring in Andrew Holland. Wow. Today. We, nice. need, we need a third voice here. Huh. Uh, it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game, ladies and gentlemen. The next voice you hear will be that of Andrew Holland. Hey, guys. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Um, we're looking at Braves Phillies for tomorrow's game. Ooh. We're looking at the total eight and a half runs. Do you like over or under eight and a half runs Phillies Braves? Spencer Strider against... Ranger Suarez, I'm going to take the over. Me too. I'm going to take the over. Absolutely. I'm going to. I wanted to take the under just because of the six days of rest, but you start thinking about how the Braves just annihilate people offensively. I don't think tomorrow that, will be they, any different. They, the over may be breached in the first inning. Let's just <laughs> put it that way. It'll be close. It, it could. It, it, it could, could be, be breached. Yeah. It could be breached in the first inning. I, I, I think, think the there's going to be a lot of runs scored. In I that, do too. In, in that series, I should say, I really do. Um, I, I just, 
I just don't know how the I've been I've been sitting here trying to figure out how and how how the Braves kind of piece this this together if they <clears throat> if Max Fried's blister acts up and they have to rely on Bryce Elder. But either way, there's going to be a lot of runs scored uh, between those two teams, and it's I mean the star power in that series is something else. Yeah, I just think I think. I think Ronald Acuna might have a series for the ages, man. I mean, his postseason numbers are good, but he didn't play in, when they won the World Series in, 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 in 2021. And I just think this is, I think this is his, this is a statement yeah, with, series Yeah, with for who him. catches for the Phillies, I wonder if he'll try and steal as much. Uh, that that'll be the thing, Great right? Because that's that's sort of his game, right? Is to yeah. especially in the Create first inning, oh, in the first and, inning, right? You just yeah. put so much pressure, right? He hits a single, he's standing on third like three pitches later, and. And then they sort of take off, and they're scoring all those runs in the first inning. So I wonder if that's that'll still be a thing. They will try that. They will put as much pressure as as possible as they can on the Phillies, and out of the Phillies combat that. That'll be that'll be one of the things. It will be. It will come down to which team keeps the other team in the yard the most. I do believe that. Yeah, I stand to reason. Yeah, it's going to be. So. You know, Alex Anthopoulos, right? Power wins in the postseason. Well, there's going to be a lot of power. Yeah, There's going to be a lot of power in this series. Sure is. And again, the Phillies, uh, of course, had to play the the Marlins. They just kind of dusted the Marlins off uh, before going into play Atlanta. And this is uh, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of history here. You know, the for the the Braves have won what five consecutive NL East titles. The Phillies knocked them off last year. The Phillies have always been the team in the East that just couldn't get out of their own way. And mm-hmm. and you know, the Braves even before Alex was there were kind of the model franchise. I think the Phillies kind of feel that they still don't get enough respect. I mean, you know, the Phillies are the Phillies. I think are the most emotional team in baseball. I think they feed yeah. off that stuff and, more than anybody. And else. I wonder how the Trey Turner effect will will take mm. over and, and help the Phillies if it does help the Phillies. Right now, the the lineup's that much longer. He hits really good pitching a lot, right? Yep. And the the Phillies fans have embraced him the way they have by the standing ovation. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see all that. That's that's why we wanted Phillies Braves. Can't we wait. got it. Yeah. Dan Schulman is the TV voice of the Blue Jays. He'll join us next. Jeff Passan as well. It's the final hour of the two-hour edition, I guess that's right, of Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan of Sportsnet.